Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Hunter Hunter podcast, the wayward son scattered to the wind of the HBO boys. We are kind of back and sort of better than ever with the 22nd episode of Hunter Hunter entitled A Dangerous Watchdog. The summary of which goes like this. Gone, Pika Pika, and Mr. Oreo arrive at Kakakurukuru Mountain and are welcomed by its servants and watchdog. Before I keep going, patreon.com slash hboboys, B-O-I-Z. For one or more dollar a month, you get a bunch of extra bonus content, including this exact podcast, but earlier. And to that end, I say this. Dear patrons, slash specifically DB Jake in the Patreon Discord, whom is the only person on Earth actively asking me to do this exact podcast. Hey, it's Ryan, local HBO boy. We are now a week away from the premiere of the podcast I've been producing for almost a year now. It comes out on September 1st, and new episodes will drop on the 1st and 15th of every month. It is called Nothing Star Academy. Find it and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And a trailer is up now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you look. Because of this specific, all-encompassing endeavor that I willfully am applying most of my energy, other projects I started have lapsed by the wayside. Anyone who makes shit will know, when you start, you're excited, you're amped up. And if you're like me, completely obsessed. But eventually, you become less obsessed, and then more obsessed with something else. In fact, Nothing Star is a lot like this as well. I started writing it in February, and now that we're here, and it's about to almost come out, I am... It feels like work, almost, rather than passion. And that is an ebb and flow. My Nothing Star energy will come back. But at the moment, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm addicted to disc golf, a physical activity, which is a genre that is foreign to me. But it's what I'm thinking about most of the time, like from the moment I'm awake till the moment I'm asleep. So I do have to consciously assign hours to complete Nothing Star Episode 1 prior to September 1st. But that's not why I'm here today. I'm here because another project, my Hunter Hunter recap and review series, came to a close when I finished Arc 1 way back when. And it has been said to me that Arc 2 drags a bit, but I still want to watch the series. I still want to finish it one day. But also, when I watch an episode, I feel like I should make a podcast about it, and I don't get to watch episodes very often. So no promises whatsoever, but whenever I get to procrastinate and think to myself, you know what I should do to waste a bunch of time right now? Watch some Hunter Hunter episodes? That's what I'm going to do. And I'll make an episode of the podcast for the patrons. Probably one every two or three months if I'm being honest with myself, and that might be too much, honestly. I might be giving myself way too much credit there. But you've waited long enough, and here we go. Arc 2. We venture into the Zoldic family arc, which is five episodes long. Back into the world of Gone, Mr. Oreo, Kilowatt, and Pika Pika. We pour back in as the intro starts, which I very much missed, and the boys are getting on a three-day airship to Kilowatt's homeland. I missed this song, but I did not miss Mr. Oreo. He still sucks. On the airship, Gon laments his friend's situation and remembers him covered in blood recently, but still believes that once he arrives, their friendship will top all external issues. (laughs) A dangerous set of expectations for a tiny child. As they enter Padokia, 
The music is very Scottish, like we're entering a festival where the goal is to throw trees. Pika states they should gather information before going out to the mountain and confronting Kilowatt's murder family. Mr. Oreo says, okay, with like no fight in him whatsoever. The way I like Mr. Oreo, actually. Agreeable and nearly silent. They get on a tour bus after asking one lady one question, and while traveling, the boys notice that there are two tourists in the back who don't exactly look like tourists. They have large swords, and they look like 'er ne'er-do-wells, and I assume they're red shirts, whose job it will be to die in the future. So they're on the tour bus, and their tour guide's name is Coco Lou, who looks like Misty from Pokemon, but on steroids. And by that I mean, like, she's not buff. What I mean is, like, they took Misty and they were like, what if we made her voluptuous? Upon arriving at the front gate, which is also known as the Gate to Hades, ominous, Coco informs them that in order to enter, they must pass through the small door besides the security checkpoint, adding that for all people who entered, none come out alive. The two non-tourists make it clear here that they want to get a picture of the family for reward money, which sounds like a hazard to their very expendable lives. This prompts the money-hungry Oreo to be a mad lad about not snapping a picture of Kilowatt earlier. A child, Mr. Oreo. Just want to take a random pictures of children? I don't put it past you. You freak. The two ne'er-do-wells taunt the guard who then gladly hands them a key after being thrown to the side that allows them to enter through the small door, and then not long after, a huge furry hand throws their corpses outside the wall, which causes the tourists and Coco alike to run in terror, except for Gon, Pika, and Oreo, who are then introduced to Zebro, the gate guard. Zebro tells them that the beast's name is McKay, but it's spelled Mike, which isn't chill. Okay, the show is always trying to confuse me. McKay kills intruders who enter beyond the gate and only follows orders from the Zoldick family. P.S. How many times can I say the last name Zoldick and not laugh? I don't know. So far, a few times. We then see a shot of skulls and bones sticking out of the garbage can in Zebro's office as he laughs maniacally. Not really, he's just like laughing like a normal person who doesn't have a bunch of bones behind him. And that's gnarly as fuck. Because of Pika's perceptiveness, the group then learns that Zebro isn't really a guard, but a glorified janitor of Mike's messes, and the real entrance is the huge gate, also known as the testing gate, and entering through said gate, I've said the word gate too many times, the doors of which are two tons each will avoid Mike attacking anybody who goes through those ones. Mr. Oreo then tries to open the gate with all his strength, but fails because he's a weak-ass bitch. Then, Zebra the janitor takes off his jacket and tie, and, as it turns out, this old man is jacked as fuck, and opens the outer gate with his bulbous arms. This scenario, post-Oreo's failure, reminds me of when I was a kid, and my mom told me to vacuum, and I would then do it purposely poorly, until she didn't let me do it anymore. (laughs) A ruse for the ages. Except Oreo didn't fail purposely, he did it all by himself! Zebro then says that there are seven doors total, each twice as heavy as the last, and when Kilowatt returned home, he easily opened three of them and went right through. 
Gon says, that's crazy that he pushed 12 tons. And Pika points out that no, it's 16. Keeping with the ongoing joke that Gon is a dumb dummy who doesn't know how to do math. (laughs) But he's a nice boy nonetheless. Gon, then realizing he doesn't have the strength to open the door because one, his arm is broken. And two, he's a tiny little baby child. Although he might have it secretly within himself. I mean, he's not like a trained assassin like his friend Kilowatt, but... Without the broken arm, he might get one open. I don't know. He's surprising at many turns in this story. But anyway, yeah, he can't get it open, and he insists on borrowing the key from Zebro, even though Pika and Mr. Oreo warn him against doing so. On top of not being able to open the big door, Gon is incensed. Why would you ever test your friends? I just got out of a large test. I'm a hunter now, which I barely care about and haven't even talked about once this episode. That's stupid and needless, and just uh, give me the key, let me in, I'll fight a big dog, whatever. Zebro then refuses again and does what he should have done from the beginning and calls someone inside. It ends up being one of the butlers, and Zebro lets Gon speak to him after the butler hangs up on Zebro the first time. But the butler refuses to believe them for who they are and hangs up the phone even after an enraged Gon yells at him. At this roadblock, Gon decides to use his old trusty fishing rod to climb over the wall while what sounds like a recorder playing the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song is happening behind it. His friends try to stop him, but Gon is too stubborn and won't give up. Zebro steps in once again and decides to accompany the three inside the huge door, which he could have done from the beginning, but then this episode would have been much shorter. Which I think is an important thing to note here. This episode has done a good job of introducing both Zebro and the Butler character. I know what I need to know about them for their stories going forward. And perhaps if the episode did not linger that much, it would be less interesting or obvious on their particular stories. But there is this notion that I recall from the first arc as well, along with the warnings from my pals that this show is going to slow down to a negative degree, that it was already going at a snail's pace sometimes. And it is still not afraid to take its time, which sometimes feels like it's wasting your time purposely. Granted, this moment makes me think back to, like, how many episodes it took Goku to summit the Spirit Bomb, which I feel like I've talked about on the show before. So I understand that this has been a cornerstone of anime for a long, long time. It's a way to save money. If we're all being honest with ourselves, there's less animation, and you can have a smaller budget. I get it. But goddamn, does it feel like the show is fucking you and your time over and over every once in a while, which doesn't feel great. And also, as a side note, when this came out in 2011, Vine wasn't a thing yet. It's gone even now. Instagram reels weren't a thing. TikTok wasn't a thing. Attention spans have been shortened recently. I don't know if you know that. Including my own, which is obviously a factor here. If I ever go back and watch Dragon Ball Z, which I might one day, and he gets to the spirit bomb, I think I'm just gonna keep going forward until he does it, right? Like... The stuff leading up to it, I just don't have the patience for anymore. But Hunter x Hunter is a new show to me. I've never seen it, so I can't just fast forward to things. And this episode is a good example. Uh, I think back to how many episodes straight were we in that one room in the first arc. An arc that went decently quick, but then at the end stalled out a little bit. For that to be the first episode of this arc... To have a large stall tactic be most of the episode's exposition is indicative of what my friends have been telling me, mostly James and DB Jake of the Patreon, that it's going to be a bit of an arduous ride. And you know, the other side of that is one of my favorite animes is One Punch Man. That is a show that doesn't dilly-dally all that much. 
it kind of gets to the point. But also, there hasn't been a new season for a long goddamn time. And the second season was not nearly as good as the first. So shows on both sides of the spectrum of willing to waste your time versus almost sprinting to the end have their downfalls. So Zebro's going to accompany them inside the door, which I said he also at some point, like, he could have done from the beginning. But he also says Mike might eat him too. Like, he might not recognize him fast enough and eat him. So that's a large risk. And perhaps he doesn't want to go through the door for that reason. That makes sense. And this is a moment where Gon learns a bit of a lesson. He must think of other people's situations as well as his own. It's hard for him to do so. He is stubborn, as is said, monologuing inside Zebro's brain and others to themselves all the time in this show. It's like one of his four pillars of emotions is one, stubborn. Two, bad at math. Three, dope at fishing. Four, also bad at math. Or perhaps just like, naivete, which is the way you'd say that word. So yeah, he has to think of other people's situations, other than his own. But for how long will his stubbornness not overtake that notion completely? When will he be too self-serving in a moment where he isn't able to take it back? That has to happen eventually. (laughs) Or if it doesn't, that sucks, because the foreshadowing would assume that future. Upon entering the door, Zebro calls out to Mikey, whom Gon knows where it's coming for like a second before everyone else. He turns his head, he's like, oh, he's coming from over there. And then everyone else is like, oh, he's coming from over there! Seeing McKay's appearance, which is like an incredibly large and feral purple wolf, the three boys shit their pants, including Gon, who I assumed would not be afraid, but he actually is. Which, this is the second lesson in a very short period of time for him. Not all animals can be tamed. He cannot communicate with every entity and or overcome every obstacle with bullheadedness. He is not a mortal. He is but a boy whose exposition is sometimes laid on a little too thick, like this moment right here. It's like they were doing an outline for this episode and they were like, okay, and this one, Gon learns two lessons. And then a while I missed doing that very much. First the testing gate, and now a giant fuck-off puppers. Gon has finally seen for himself how wackadoo shitbag this family is. However, Gon has promised himself that friendship is too important. Kilowatt will look upon Gon with his own goddamn eyeballs, and nothing will get in his way. So yeah, arc two, baby. Zoldick family and shit. <laughs> Zoldick. Uh, see? I found it. Couldn't do it that many times. Without a tiny little snicker. Mmm. Snicker would be good. I'm gonna go now. Uh, who knows when I'll do this next. Definitely not me. But, twill not be the last. And, uh, here's another thing I missed saying. Play the song, me! The song slaps. 